Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. I help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, we have Allison Morris of Food by Mars. She is a expert in the nutrition field, and she is talking to us all about the gut. We dive into what causes leaky gut and gut issues. We talk about how to heal the gut with healing foods. We even go into some things that everyone needs to have in terms of supplements that will help heal your gut. I have dealt with gut issues since I was a child, and so healing the gut is something I am so passionate about. I hope that like me, you learned something new today. So let's dive right in. Hey, Allison. I am so thrilled to have you as the first guest on the All of You Whole podcast. Yay, me too. I'm (laughs) stoked to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, this is Allison from Food by Mars, like I told you in the intro. And I just want to ask first, how are you really doing today? Oh, man. Well, I'm good. I'm really good. Our cookbooks are launching right now and that's super exciting. And it was a super fun project to work on and put these babies out into the world. But it's also like, hey, when's vacation coming? (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Ready to be done. I feel you there too. Okay. Well, I want you to introduce yourself to our listeners. So tell us all about who you are, what you do. Tell us about Food by Mars, all the things. Yeah, I'd love to. I started Food by Mars. Oh my goodness. I think it was 2015-ish. No, maybe 2014. Anyway, it started as my creative outlet. A few things were happening in my life at that time. I had just gotten married a couple years prior and my health was on the decline. And through that situation, I was just burning out at work in New York City. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was working a million hours per week. It was really stressful. And while I was doing all that, I was like, hey, you know, I really miss (laughs) just something creative for me to do. But also I was struggling with my health. So I was making tweaks to my nutrition and diet. And I was really trying to figure out what was going on with me because I was getting nowhere with doctors. Like nobody was helping me. No one was able to give me a diagnosis. My hair was falling out. I lost like 75% of my hair over just like two oh my to three gosh, years. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I just gotten married. I was like, Oh my goodness, he's going to ask for a return, 
right off a return Stop. label. Like yeah. well, I'm breaking. I'm just falling apart at the seams. Oh my god. You know, that was only part of it. There were so many things, digestive issues sure. and my energy. And but I was just so high functioning and like go, 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 go. Totally. That I it was hard for me to really recognize. So anyway, started the blog as <laughs> a thing for both of those. It was my creative outlet. It was fun to learn food photography and also practice more cooking because especially being in New York City, you have tiny kitchens. Yeah. Everybody just gets takeout. You yes. just order food constantly. It's such a culture or you're out at restaurants after right. work every day. And that was not working for me anymore. Sure. It was struggle bus. So that's how Food by Mars was born. I wanted to share it with everybody. And as I started progressing, my nutrition changed. I became a lot more paleo-ish. Right. Was it not paleo-ish at the beginning? Oh God, no. Oh really? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was gluten-free. It was even a little vegan, vegetarian sure. in the beginning because yeah. I was Because we don't do know. That. <laughs> yeah. We were just like, I don't know. This is what people say are healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yes, totally. Yeah. Did not help the hair loss. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it started off as that. And my career started shifting because I loved all of this so much. And I started helping people in my family that were sick and, right. you know, working through my own stuff and really seeing the power of, Hey, you can control stuff. Like you can take your health in your hands. Right. Yes. And I know, you know, the same. So that was just remarkable to me to see those shifts. And so I was just excited to be like, Hey, let's make this easier for people. Let's make this really delicious. Mm-hmm. And you know, I miss some of my restaurant food or right. my favorite or cuisine and stuff that I grew up with. I miss that. So I'm going to make it in a way that I can have it. That's paleo allergen friendly, AIP friendly. I also do a lot of recipes Mm -hmm. for. So that's where it's kind of snowballed. And now I'm a nutritionist and I help people with this stuff in other ways. Yeah. So when did you get your nutrition degree? Yeah. I, (laughs) a nutritional therapy practitioner certificate. Okay. I became a health coach first, probably also in like 2015. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, so pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty on it. When, <laughs> when I decide, you're a go getter. I love Taurus. I'm very stubborn. Yeah, yeah, I started all of you whole in 2014 too. So I feel like we're kind of like a little twinsies on this path, which is fun. Um, and you kind of hinted at some of your diagnoses. So yeah. are, if you're willing, which I think you share a lot, could you share some of those things? And how did that, like you were saying, impact your health and wellness journey, but also what you're doing now? It took me about three years to get my diagnosis. And that was Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which mm-hmm. is an autoimmune disease. And Essentially what happens with an autoimmune disease for anyone who doesn't know for lack of better or more knowledge on the topic that we all kind of have, mm-hmm. they say that your body is sort of attacking itself. And to hear that is pretty jarring. Sure. <laughs> it's not an exciting right. thing to hear. It doesn't feel safe to be in your body. And right. so I was just so happy to get a diagnosis finally. And mm. I was already becoming more of a nutritional coach and all these things mm-hmm. at the time. So in parallel, I was like, I think I have something with my thyroid. Everything points mm, to this, but through sure. traditional doctors, I wasn't being tested thoroughly. I just, nothing was clicking. Unfortunately, yeah, like even so nuts to me it's when crazy. people, I was denied testing. Yeah. I asked for thyroid testing. I was denied. It's crazy to me. Same. A top NYU endocrinologist that I was on a wait list to see looked at me and he's like, yeah, but you're not fat. Oh, same. That's what he said to me. 
disgusting. I was like, I'm like, all my hair is falling out and you don't know me. You don't know what my normal weight or what any, and it doesn't have to be every single symptom on the list. It can be one or two, but But like also really prevalent. Why not test? Like, especially if someone, I remember he was like, Oh yeah. It's like, this is what you do. And I remember he was just like, Oh, your insurance isn't going to cover it. I'm like, no, no, no. I work pretty hard at a really good place. And I think I pay enough for my insurance. They'll cover it. And if they don't, well, that was the thing with me is he said, if I don't have a reason insurance won't cover it. And I'm like, I still don't care. Right. Even if my insurance doesn't pay for it, I want to know. So interesting. Okay. Keep going. It's so crazy. Hashimoto's. So yes. So I finally, I saw a naturopath because I was like, okay, I've been to a million different types of specialists and primary cares and endocrinologists and whatever else. And nobody's got anything for me. So I remember, oh, I was like 27. And the one guy was like, oh, I think you're just aging. I was like, oh, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> That's definitely it. We definitely everyone just starts dying at age five percent of your hair yeah i was like okay that's ridiculous so finally i worked with a naturopath who ran a full panel and she was like yeah it's like pretty simple (laughs) black and white right here what's so crazy is i even looked back at those results that i finally finagled out of the endocrinologist but he did a half-ass job he did the full thing and looking back, I was like, no, no, you could still see the pattern I know. too. And he, that's the thing too. Cause they don't, they won't treat you right. any differently. That's the thing. It's crazy. My OBGYN eventually did a test. My TSH was 2.58 and he's like, see up until eight is normal. That is what he told me up until eight is normal. And so I'm like, who am I to question this guy? But now that I've seen a functional yes. nutritionist, I know that even at that point, it was like five years ago, I was subclinical hypothyroid, but I took it as, well, he says I'm fine. So that must not be it. Right. So annoying. Even like the Western versus Eastern kind of different ways of looking at labs are different because we want to see optimal levels. We don't just want to not have Hashimoto's, right? Not have hypothyroidism. We want our bodies functioning optimally. Exactly. That's the key word you just said. That's the other problem is so even if they test or even if something comes up in the test that they do, they're not looking at optimal ranges. They're just looking at this enormous range. So if you look at a functional medicine Mm -hmm. doctor's range, it's quite tight. It's very different and they want it to be optimal. And so you have to do that with nutrient density and or supplements and lifestyle, Mm -hmm. managing your stress. There's so much that goes into it. And so it's really peeling away layers of an onion is just the best way to describe it, which you know, because I know mm-hmm. you've gone through this too. So, so you have Hashimoto's, you have other things, you have PCOS, mm-hmm. is that right? I have PCOS, which I kind of always knew. I always had a painful period as a kid. In fact, so my trigger for Hashimoto's was getting off the birth control pill, which I was on for a decade. I was on it since I was 18. And so when I got off it around age 27, 28, right, that's when everything triggered. Wow. Um, and really the birth control pill, not only depletes us of a lot of vitamins sure. and minerals and nutrients that we need messes with our hormones. It masks things. And so I was like, everything's great. Oh. Like my, everything feels great. And then I came off of it and everything just went what? like <laughs> just Gosh. downhill immediately. It's so interesting because I didn't know that that could happen. I didn't know that getting off the pill could be a trigger for autoimmune disease, which makes a lot of sense given how many people with autoimmune diseases are women. There's a lot of fascinating studies out there about women and autoimmune right. disease too. I was reading one, just talking about the differences in how we either have kids or don't have kids anymore as women. Like 
when that used to be our primary right. role in life is to just pop out totally. as many kids as possible. They were actually saying in this article, it was really interesting. It was like, what if this is a way, because you know, your immune system Absolutely. changes in pregnancy. And so if now you're not becoming pregnant or you're waiting oh, much longer until your right. 30s versus when you're like 16 or something, right. <laughs> is this Oh, it that? has to and be. Like, wow, that is because if you think about it, like talking, seeing the stats for COVID and men are getting COVID at higher rates than women because our immune systems are like awesome, but if you, <laughs> so our immune systems are stronger, they say. And so if our immune systems are stronger, it's awesome because we get sick less than men do. But if we're not suppressing it every 10 months by being pregnant and having babies, then it turns on itself. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? When I read that, I was like, that's actually really genius. Because think about even with, with practicing nutrition and learning about how our diets have changed. And, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit more about paleo too, but the whole premise behind paleo is getting back to nature, getting back to a time when we didn't have processed foods right. in our face 24 seven, and we weren't hooked on sugar and hyperpalatable yeah. foods all totally. the time our bodies would be operating so differently. Mm. And that's like when people go through a whole 30 or go through paleo or some kind of elimination diet, those are the realizations people have. It's like, oh my God, I can have totally. energy. I had no that's idea. That's the thing. My digestion can, yeah. can move. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Totally. I know. The Who other knew? night, Chaz and I didn't get a lot of sleep. We just didn't sleep well. And we woke up the next day and we were like, I feel terrible, right? And we looked at each other and we were like, it's so funny that I think we used to feel like this most of the time. And we just didn't even know by changing our sleep patterns, by changing our diet, how great we could feel. And now when we don't feel great, we're like, oh, this is terrible. Yes. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like you really feel it yeah. more than ever. That's another thing I'll hear from people. It's like, I don't remember it bothering me this much, right. like yes. gluten or dairy or whatever. And it's like, yes, because you had so much inflammation, yep. so much going on that you normalized a lot. Yes. You had to, yeah. or what else you wouldn't have been Absolutely. able to function. So now that you peeled that away and felt really good, now it's like one little thing is like, why is there a zit here? Why can't I go to the yes. bathroom? Why is my sleep yep. off? Right. So yes, it's crazy. So reading that article, that's kind of what I was talking about there is like reading that article is like, yeah, it's just common sense, right? Like it's almost like evolution can't catch up with how fast our modern lives are moving technology. We're carrying a cell phone, you know, constantly in our face, in our pockets and all the things that our modern life does. It's very toxic. So it is what right. it is. Right. But whatever we can do to support our body, our bodies are super resilient especially as women, like <laughs> yeah. um, but what are we doing to support it? So that's where the food and the lifestyle, it can be incredibly powerful. Yeah, awesome. But yeah. That was my long-winded yeah. answer to my diagnoses. And then as you know, like kind of the whole thing with peeling away at root cause issues, that's what, you know, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, something I do, and we want to find out, well, why Hashimoto's why autoimmune? Why, why, why? And so 70 to 80% of your immune system actually resides in your gut. And this is why gut health is such a big deal. And so a lot of times you will start to be tested. If you go a functional route, you will be tested for what's going on in your gut to be causing this. And so you'll do testing. I do something called a GI map test and there's other functional tests you might right. go through, but ultimately you want to figure out what the root causes are. 
And that's where I started figuring out, oh, I have parasites, I have SIBO, I have this, this, all this dysbiosis, right? So that's where all the yes, gut diagnosis. That's where began. it all starts. Okay. So let's go back because I'm so excited to talk about our guts today. <laughs> but for those yeah. of us who might not be aware, can you explain the importance of the gut? And I know that this is a loaded question because it does everything, but can you give us an overview? Yeah. So the one piece being the immune system. So that's if most of our immune system is in our gut, we really have to pay attention and support healing sure. there. So one of the biggest issues that you might hear of is something called leaky gut or intestinal permeability. Right. And especially in the food sensitivity world, if you're listening and you have food sensitivities, you've done elimination diets and you, that's kind of been your intro into like, hmm, this affects digestion, what right. I eat, right? It's totally... Common yes. sense, right? You put food in your body three times a day. You're putting something external in your body three times a day. And of course it's going to affect how our body right. works, right? It's yes. our gas, of right? Course. If we're a car, it's our gas. So if you're putting super, it's going to operate a little bit differently than if you're not. So it's just to kind of show you that what you're eating, food is medicine. It really does have an impact. And the whole thing that a lot of people will come to is like, oh, food sensitivities. And then I'll unfortunately see people do things like demonizing yes. foods or food groups. Yep. It's not necessary. Food sensitivity, something I was talking about on Instagram recently is actually more of a symptom mm. than a root cause. Of course, there are certain things that it's like, if you have true allergies, which or, it's different. Yeah. Right. Like, of course, that's a mm -hmm. big problem, but still sensitivities. The idea is a lot of them, hopefully you can start to get back eventually after you start healing the gut. Because the thing with leaky gut is just by nature of whatever you happen to be eating often, it might be slipping out into the bloodstream. That's what right. leaky gut essentially is. It's I always liken it to a toothbrush. The bristles when you buy a new toothbrush are really tight. Nothing's getting in there. If you beat up that toothbrush and don't replace yeah. it, and six months later you look at it and it's like, there's like yeah. weird stuff in there. Mm -hmm. The bristles are all messed up, yep. loose. That's essentially what's happening on our gut. We have villi and microvilli that are, you can think of as the bristles. And once they start loosening and opening, everything starts so that through. So that is leaky gut, of, right? You might like, get sensitive. It's Correct. almost more like a mesh instead of like an inner tube. Exactly. It should be tight. Nothing should get through. So things are getting into our bloodstream. So can you explain it? When I first figured out how leaky gut actually works, I feel like it really opened my eyes. So when things are getting into the bloodstream, can you explain how that creates a food sensitivity? Yeah, absolutely. So back to the immune system being there, right? So we have antibodies and, you know, all these fighters ready to go if something is happening in that area. And so it sees this unknown particle, food particle, leaking out into the bloodstream. And it's like, oh my God, what is that? That doesn't yeah. belong there. Because again, nothing right. should be getting out of the right. intestines. That's why that villi and microvilli are there to protect something from getting out of it. So it sees that and it launches an immune response. So this could be inflammation, pain, digestive issues, mm -hmm. obviously, but it could also be skin issues. It could also be something that it feels completely unrelated right. to mm -hmm. digestion. Everyone presents a little bit differently and depending on the food sensitivity or what kind of maybe attack is happening or how your body's able to deal with it, it might look a little different. So hives are something right. that's really common. Mm -hmm. I would say that's something I get pretty commonly with food sensitivity. So that's what's happening is your body is appropriately responding to something that should not be happening. So we have to look at, okay, so why is it leaky? Why is this stuff happening? And so this is where we have to look at diet. If we're on a standard American or modern diet, 
with highly processed foods that our body cannot break down. Right. We don't have <laughs> the capacity to really break these things, right. things down. There's little to no nutritional value, mm. whatever it is. But also, and I talk about this in my book a lot too, is the way we eat. It's not all right. what we eat. That is, yes, of course, an important piece, but that's not the be all and end all. If you are eating the most beautiful, healthy chicken kale salad, rushing through it, going meeting to meeting, running in your car, standing up, inhaling the food, guess what? You're not digesting it. Right. So the problem with that is now, okay, the kale and the chicken are going through the bloodstream. Right. <laughs> you yes. know, it did not go through all the appropriate pieces in the assembly line, which digestion right. is, which begins in your brain. And so coming to your meal calm in a parasympathetic mm -hmm. state, also known as the rest and digest state, chewing your food, yeah. right? Like if you do nothing else, just chew your food really well, <laughs> doing all these basic things that mama told you when you were little. Sure, I know, right? <laughs> Yes. And so when we can do that, it changes the game on our digestion. So that's kind of the immunity piece. This is where autoimmunity comes mm -hmm. into play. This is where food sensitivities, other issues, right? And then all the symptoms that kind of prevail from a food sensitivity that nobody wants to feel. Hmm. Yeah. And then the other issue is in our small intestine, especially this is where we assimilate a lot of the nutrients. Mm. And when digestion is going wrong, your small intestine is one of the last pieces of the puzzle, but it's one of the most important. Small intestine is that thing you always hear like, oh, if you were to it out it's 20 miles long. yeah totally. yeah it's crazy and it's so but it's so tight mm -hmm. you know there's all these twists and turns and that's sitting in your body right, right. now it's, it's crazy <laughs> we googled it last night for some reason my husband and i were talking about it and the small intestine is 20 feet long Isn't and the insane? colon's five feet 25 feet I, it's just crazy to me that's inside yeah isn't it crazy it's like wow so that is really really crucial piece to know because when we're not assimilating our nutrients the nutrients, again, if that's our gasoline, if you have a car that's running on fumes, I mean, how is the health of it? Like, it's not going to last very well. It's going to be beat up. It's not going to last very long. Huh. So we need to be able to assimilate our nutrients. Right. So when you're exhausted, when your skin, nails, and hair are all soft and falling mm -hmm. apart, and all of these things are happening in the body. You can't sleep well. You have no focus. Brain fog is a huge issue with all this stuff all of it. Right. Yeah. So this is where we start to see so many symptoms and degrading of our health because we can't assimilate our nutrients, even when we're eating healthy Isn't food. Isn't that so crazy? So quick question. If you can't assimilate the nutrients, I mean, your body gives you hunger hormones when you're not getting the nutrients you need. So does that lack of assimilation cause you to overeat? Yeah, that's such a great line to draw. It absolutely messes with our hormones. Hmm. It messes with our detoxification, which in turn messes with our hormones. When you can't detox excess right. hormones, now is when you hear things like, you have a hormonal imbalance. I yes. remember I used to hear that. <laughs> that sounded like the most complicated thing to me. I'm like, well, what do, what do we do? It's such a delicate yes. balance. And when you dig in and look at root cause things, it's like, oh, it's not that hard. We need to get these foundational mm. things working. And your body can actually heal itself. Right. Like it can actually start to balance out, but we have to support it at a foundational level. And that's why digestion is such a huge focus for me Same. because when that's out of whack, nothing's going to really work appropriately. So we have to be able to look at this stuff. We have to understand how the body works. That's another thing that's super passionate for me is teaching people mm -hmm. this stuff because same as you, right? When you learned about this, you're like, wow, yeah, blew my mind. Mind blown. Yeah, totally. Why didn't we learn about this in health class sure. as kids? Yeah. Why didn't we have a health class? I didn't have a health class. <laughs> yeah. I learned how to like put a yeah, condom on exactly, a Yeah, exactly. Right? Important things. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
Thanks. I had no idea that, you know, what digestion Yeah, exactly. Is. We've talked a lot about food sensitivity. I did food sensitivity testing almost two years ago, changed my, it just blew my mind because before food sensitivity testing for me, I thought of things as good foods, bad foods, which I now don't think that's ever really good. And so my food sensitivity testing came back. What was really high? Almonds. Okay, well, because I wasn't eating dairy, I had almonds in literally everything. Almond milk, yes. almond flour in anything, baked goods, all those things. So almonds were high. Green beans were high. Black beans were high. All of these things that otherwise would be healthy foods. But for me at that time, were causing me insane amounts of inflammation. So Let's talk about food sensitivity testing a little bit because I feel like some people in our world are anti-food sensitivity testing. Some people are all about it. How do you feel about it? Where is it in your process? Is there a specific test that you recommend to your followers? Yeah, let's dive into food sensitivity testing. Great question. I think there's no need to demonize or otherwise with the food sensitivity testing. Mm -hmm. it, it's a tool right. to use. Mm -hmm. But it is not the be all and end all because if food sensitivity is also a symptom and it's also, oh, well, we still need to heal the gut to be able to heal these. Mm. The reason it can be valuable is when you feel like you've got so many food sensitivities or so much inflammation that it's so hard for you to tune in. Well, what is it? Mm -hmm. And maybe you're burnt out on elimination diets. I see a lot of women that they've done whole 30s mm -hmm. to death. They've done AIP right. to death, which is pretty restrictive. And it's exhausting. It will take a toll on the most optimistic person yes. with zero eating disorder at all. It will really take even that person yes, I agree. <laughs> to another level because I see it all the time. And that's not what we want. We don't want more stress around mm -hmm. eating and more inflammation because that's all that's doing as well as just that sucks. Mm -hmm. Like it's making now food that should be enjoyable, completely not enjoyable. It's a stressful issue now. So I find that sometimes the food sensitivity test can be useful when that's happening. And it's like, just give me a list of what yes. exactly is causing this because I'm not doing another widespread elimination. Yes. Right? That is what they are. It's a widespread attempt to help, which can be really powerful, yes. especially in the beginning when you really don't know that's like totally new to you. Yes. Sure. That could be great. And I advocate it for certain times and certain reasons, but the same for the food sensitivities. That could be helpful at different times and for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I think just know what's going on for you. The other times I will use it, for example, like I have a client right now, mystery eczema. Mm. We, we don't know exactly what's causing it. And so it's like, okay, we've removed gluten. We've removed dairy. We've removed a few things that we know is just common mm -hmm. for stuff like yeah. this. So now let's get a little bit more detailed and see what specifically is causing it with the mindset of knowing we still have to heal the gut. This isn't just like, oh, let's look at this list and never eat these foods again. It's saying, hey, let's remove them part-time right? while we include lots of new foods. Because that's another big deal that you touched on, Caroline, mm -hmm. is you were eating almonds constantly. Sure. I see this with paleo and whole all the time. All the time. Yeah. It's like, we are over nutting ourselves. Like I nobody know. eats this amount of nuts before you go paleo. Yeah. Oh, I know. Nuts are in everything. It's too much. Yes. Like nuts are more of like a condiment, like not, not a full meal. Much. Yeah. I've definitely 
outnumbered myself <laughs> like most people who have gone paleo. And so that's why, aside for other reasons, there's some lectins, there's mm-hmm. some stuff in nuts, but we're not going to, we're not going to go there. But anyway, <laughs> so with the idea of saying, okay, we need to rotate foods. Mm-hmm. We need to not get you stuck on the same five foods again. Cause that's just something we as humans always do, right? Like right. we're just like, well, these are the things I like. Yes. It's, it's easy. Yeah. Amazon yep. fresh list. I keep ordering uh-huh. it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. Keep ordering it. I know my few recipes that I constantly make. Mm-hmm. So this is where I want to encourage everybody to always rotate mm. your foods. This is like a gut health 101 thing. You can't get too stuck on something. And this is the beauty of eating seasonally, for example, right. eating locally, because nature does it for you. Yes, Nature will rotate that. your diet for oh, you. That's so right? good. Yes. So if you start to follow that, you don't have to feel like so overwhelmed. So any, anytime my husband like, I don't know, what, what did he buy? Oh, he bought asparagus the other day. I'm like, dude, it's not spring. What are you doing? Where did that? I don't know. They look good. Yeah. I'm like, did you even see where they came from? Definitely not here. So no, we're not buying that again. (laughs) I want asparagus. Yeah. He's like, I just wanted asparagus. I'm like, no, you're not going to have it. So anyway, it's just like little, it's like that where I'm like, let's have winter squashes right Right. now and you know, whatever. So that's one major thing. And the other thing is I always, so when we use a food sensitivity test, you ask me what I recommend. I, of course, at least with my background, I would rather do, it's an MRT leap food sensitivity mm-hmm. test, a test for 170 foods. I know that there are direct to consumer tests out there. I feel like you did one. Did you do like a... I did one that wasn't, no, it wasn't direct to consumer. Okay. So you did it with a practitioner. Yep, I did. I highly recommend mm-hmm. that because you get this list back from somewhere. First, so you don't know the efficacy right. of the test. Mm-hmm. Secondly, now what? Totally. What most people will do is demonize those foods forever, not eat them, have food fear around them, not know how to reintroduce right. them. It's better to do this stuff with support. I agree. Okay? Yeah. Don't save a buck to do it and be like, no, I could do this on my mm. own. Like it's not worth it because I see people coming to me months after and they're like, I wish I never even like wasted right. my money on doing that. Yeah. Because now I'm worse than when I started. Interesting. So I really don't partner with any brands like yes. that. I don't necessarily recommend the direct-to-consumer testing. That's good to know. Yeah, I just never see a great outcome Mm -hmm. out of it, at least in my practice. So do work with someone, get support. You need support on this stuff. It's okay Mm -hmm. to ask for help. And I think that's a big thing that we miss out on. So that's my philosophy with it. I think it can be helpful at certain times, but there's plenty of times I just kind of discourage people from it. I'm like, look, we need to heal your gut anyway. We know these are some basic triggers you have. Let's keep a food and mood journal if we need to be on that. And let's go. Like let's, let's do it. Let's, let's work let's on healing in. the gut. Yeah. Let's rotate foods. Let's have fun. Let's you yeah. Know, when you <laughs> say, live in the positive versus only the and negative. And I think this is in your in your cookbook. But when you say rotating foods, like clearly that means I eat this this day. Don't eat it for however long. But how many days do you suggest? And I feel like my mind would go to I had that Monday. I can't have it Thursday. It's not that strict, right? I mean, it's just generally. This is a great idea, but for someone who needs more of a guideline, how often do you rotate or how many days? Yeah, that's a great question. So if it's something specifically that you think might be causing an issue Mm. once or twice a week, okay, let's just say that, and maybe not two consecutive days in a row. That's what I'll do with people. So when I get the food sensitivity test, it's usually a traffic light system. You have red, yellow, and green. Mm -hmm. You know this. Anything red, you'd want to remove for about six months. Anything yellow, about three months while you heal the gut. And anything that's what's called a high green, so it's about to be yellow, that's what I'll ask my clients to rotate and say, hey, have this once or twice a week, every three to four days, maybe, Mm -hmm. right? 
and not too much more than that. So you don't lose it. Like yeah. let's not yeah. overdo sure. it. You're close. And I don't want you to lose more food. Right. So it could even be as simple as saying like, oh, I drink almond milk every morning mm-hmm. in my coffee or right. lunch or whatever. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna switch it up with some coconut milk and do every other. Yeah. I always have two to three. <laughs> I'm, I'm such yes, a weirdo. Yes, you're a I have like two to three, yeah. But I also have like two to three milks in my fridge mm, always. Yeah. <laughs> because of this, because I've lost coconuts <sighs> before. I've lost almonds before. And then oh my you're gosh. like, well. Yeah, what do I do? I can't. I lost almonds. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I lost almonds and was like, I mean, how will I live? Like it was even harder for me than dairy. I feel like yeah. I always said coconuts would be even harder because at least with coconut milk, I'm making curries. I'm using it as cream and everything and my mashed potatoes and everything. But almond milk, you're not going to make a curry with almond milk. That's so gross. And so the coconut cream is just so heavenly. You know what the other hard thing is about oh, tell coconut? Me. Yeah. Beauty products. Because <gasps> then when you start going to like more natural yes, it's beauty. it's all coconut. Coconut is an, I can't tell you it's real hard. After I had the baby, yes. I was having sensitivities to coconut <gasps> and I was like, no. I had to do research no. so hard. All my beauty no. products had to go. It was really yeah, hard. Yeah, and I don't, I, <laughs> it's so funny because I like make the connection of putting things on your skin, but hadn't ever thought about that coconut and skin connection. That's nuts. You got to look <laughs> at your nuts. toothpaste, your deodorant. <laughs> yeah, yeah everything. Because you will things. continue to react. That's oh. another thing is like, think about the food you're giving your skin, right? you know, that's like a whole other situation. Whole other situation. Okay. So like if you're eating three matchas a day, <laughs> then are you switching up all one day's coconut? The next day's all oat milk. The next day's all almond milk. Are you switching up within the day? I'm just, this is, um, I'm just curious. <laughs> only if I'm feeling like I'm getting a little sensitive to something. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's when I would be real like stingy with it. Okay. I would be really like spacing it out if right. I can. But if it's just me being preemptive and saying, like right now I have walnut that I really like and hemp milk and coconut milk right now. And so, yeah, maybe if I'm keeping track or whatever, but I'm not reacting to Mm -hmm. any of them from what I can tell. It's just me doing my rotating thing. So that's kind of my example with a staple like that. Cause I loved your example about almonds. And I think that's what we see the most right on, or at least that's, what's the hardest. If I say, Oh, chill on the sweet potatoes. You're like, all right, I'll include some other veggies. Totally. But when it's a staple item, I think that's when it's really hard. And it's like, Oh, that's an everything. everything. Like that's when it's yeah, that's when it's tough. Or spices. Oh, like I know that's really that is so hard. And AIP yeah. with spices, it's so tough. Okay, cool. I want to talk about your cookbook. So we are recording this on December 20th. And so we actually, Allison and I share a cookbook birthday tomorrow, which is so special Yay! and we're so excited. But when you're hearing this, it will already be out. So go order her cookbook. But could you share a little bit about your cookbook and how the recipes in it and how your two-week gut reset plan will help heal the gut. Because one thing that we keep saying in this podcast is, okay, well, we're going to heal the gut. And so I kind of want you to talk about, I know it's like a multi-step process, but what does that mean? So if you were to tell someone heal the gut, what does that mean? And does your two-week gut reset plan do that? I wish it would fully heal the okay. gut. I wish if it could be two weeks to right, fully exactly. heal your gut, that would exactly. be life-changing. Life-changing. No, no, I'm I'm glad you asked that because it's a journey. (laughs) Yeah, It is a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. babe. Like it is. So that's something I always want people to know. And I know that's not a sexy thing to hear. I know we want a pill. (laughs) 
Totally. We want yeah. a quick fix. Even when we're like, no, 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 I get it. Holistic, not chasing a magic pill. So what's the magic pill? Right, exactly. Like- <laughs> so, so, but tell me, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, but you got the secret. Yeah. Even when I talk about the hair loss right. or I put my Hashimoto's into remission, had a baby, like people are just like, yeah, so what was the one supplement? I know the one thing. We want the one thing. Yep. I know. So what I want to say always, especially with me and my style is I'm trying to teach you how to do this joyfully easily mm. because you're in it for the long haul. So buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, Monica. Buckle up, baby. Yeah. I would love to make things more convenient for you. I included a two-week refresh plan in there because what it's designed to do is say, hey, you know, all these recipes you just looked at, Ooh. let's put it into practice, yes. right? I want to make it attainable to be like, okay, so literally for each week, it's six recipes. Each week you make there are four servings for each meal mm. that you make. And so that will take you through a full week of eating super nutrient dense paleo food. Love it. A lot of it is infused with bone broth. And mm. I also encourage you, I have lots of bio individual tips on the meal plan Ooh, chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's a little bit different. Some people struggle with histamine intolerance and can't really have a lot of bone broth. You know, there's some people can't tolerate probiotic rich foods like coconut right. yogurts and uh-huh. fermented veggies and stuff. So I just want to, I want people to know you're not doing it wrong. There's nothing wrong with right. you. Everyone's different. Just scale back yep. or swap this mm-hmm. and swap that. So I also encourage you to, along with the meals, to be drinking some broth, whether it's bone broth or for the histamine issues, you would have just like a basic chicken broth. Right. You can have, you can make it in like two hours on your own uh-huh. or buy it. So that's really helpful because it's got amazing nutrients like L-glutamine, mm-hmm. amino acids that we need to heal and seal. When I talk about those bristles, yes. this will help heal those yes. bristles and tighten them up a little bit more. And the good news is we can get the bristles back. Absolutely. Our bodies are incredibly resilient, right. incredibly amazing. No matter where you are in your journey, if you're just starting out, if you're feeling like, oh, I've been through the ringer with this and I don't know where to go. I think it's just so important to remember our body wants to heal. I it does. agree. It's trying it's to. It's trying to. I know. And that's We're, so encouraging. It. Yeah, it really is encouraging. Our body wants to be whole. It does. Absolutely. So I'm hoping that this book can make that more attainable, more joyful, more fun and easy yes. to do. And I explain in the book, I have some leading chapters talking about some of the things we discussed, like what the heck is going on with your digestive system when you eat and what are the best tips? I share 10 strategies that I feel are some of the most impactful that I use in my Mm day-to-day life that I work on with my clients to really think about what you're eating, why you're eating, how you're eating to bring it all together and, and try to be as holistic as possible. And then I've got 75 paleo and AIP friendly recipes. I'm we so didn't talk excited. about AIP. Right. Yeah. And, but that's just the autoimmune protocol. Right. So if anyone has autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. I talk a little bit about that. And yeah, the recipes are really pretty good. I'm excited. I'm I'm I was eating so, like a queen when I was developing I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Now my husband's like, what's for dinner? <laughs> He's Yay. like, do you want to do a week of prep cook freeze? Because we need some meals. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's I do was, it. I was just telling my hubby, I'm like, I need to make definitely some social media content. I want some videos of the recipes. Right. I was like, we're just going to do this two week thing anyway, because I could use it right I now. Know. I know. Life is crazy. Life is crazy. Got to support the gut. It's so crazy. I know. I have a paleo turkey pot pie in my cookbook, and I made four last week. 
Ooh, why didn't you send me I one? know, I'll mail it to you straight to New York. And I made four and it was so great because I put them in my freezer and I'm like, you know, this is just That's a awesome. gift to my future self when we're on the road and Chad still has to eat. Oh man. Okay, cool. Well, I'm so excited about your cookbook. I'm so, so, so thrilled to get it. I think I get it tomorrow. So I can't wait to yeah. open it up. Same here. I can't wait to get yours. Okay. So I know that we've been talking about food sensitivities, elimination diets. You just touched on AIP and you are one of the first people that I heard saying, we don't want this to be forever, right? We don't want to be stuck to this rigidity. We want our diets to be as expansive as possible, which I think is not only like a hopeful thing to hear. I think, yeah, I just think it's encouraging for people to know that it's not forever. So some questions around that. When do you recommend an elimination diet? But then also when you're done, like I actually took away my red foods with my food sensitivity testing for a year and my yellow foods, I think was four months. And now I can eat all the things. Like I really have like healed and sealed my gut. My digestion was so bad when I started. It's what caused me to seek help because I was getting so bloated. People would be like, when's your baby due? And I'd be like, I'm going to walk away. Otherwise, I'm going to say some really not nice things, you know? So that's what really prompted me to seek some help. But now I can eat almonds. I can eat green beans. I can eat all these things. And I'm not eating them every single day, right? Like you're saying, I'm rotating them. But how does someone know I'm ready to reintroduce foods. Like, what do you want to see before someone reintroduces foods? This is a big point of confusion for a lot of people Mm. because it's like, well, what day do I do this for 30 days, 60 days? You know, and everyone's going to be a bit different. But again, if so, if you're working on a food sensitivity test, working with a practitioner to help you identify, but also to push you a little, because you know how it is sometimes, you you know, you start to feel better mm-hmm. on the elimination diet yep. and you're like, well, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Keep this up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like I'm bit, or, you know yes. what I'm saying? Just like, I'll just do this forever. It, it could go either way. Yes. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and that's where you want to have a little structure. So I would say there's a few things you want to be feeling better. Okay. You want some symptoms yep. to be falling by the wayside and to feel better for digestion to be moving. If you've had any skin issues, rashes, all these other things to be getting better. But also you want to know that you have been working on healing and sealing the gut. And when I say that, I mean, either you're working with someone that's helping you through a protocol. Right. So maybe that's with supplements. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had to do, um, like I do that GI map test, which is a stool test right. to see, okay, well, what's causing the food sensitivities? Do you have this imbalance? Like what needs to be healed? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're working on restoring stomach acid. There's a whole- Whole thing. Whole, whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it really is so by individual. Right. It really depends what's happening with you. So that's where you do need that- That extra help. Individual yes. insight. Uh-huh. Yes. If you're kind of going it alone and you're like, well, I'm just doing an elimination diet, whatever it is, AIP or something, what you want to be doing to heal no matter what is doing a lot of the things that I say in the book, like including the broths, including organ meats, which is really big for healing, nutrient dense food, veggies, fruits, lots of different colorful, you know, produce happening, seasonal, all the things that we said, Mm -hmm. like that's going to give you your nutrient density and help heal your body. And then the other thing is I would say just feeling like you're managing your stress mm-hmm. and how you're Such eating a big piece. and all that stuff, right? Because if you start to reintroduce when things are still just like a hot mess right. and you're super stressed out, life is crazy, whatever, right? And you don't feel like you have that support and the structure to reintroduce, it's going to feel really overwhelming. I'll have clients that they're like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gluten-free and I'm picking it apart to death what seasonings are in which spices mm. and all these other things, but I had Wendy's. 
And it's because you're just, you go so from like one, one Stop. place to another, right? Like you go so deep into the restriction yes. that you're like, big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. But yet you picked to death a part of meal because yes. it had too much pepper. Yeah. You know what? I see it all the time. That's so Elimination eyes can do funny things to me. It can, it can whack your brain. It can be crazy. Yeah. It can. So this is why there's such a delicate balance of, yes, you want to eliminate for just long enough mm. to remove some of that inflammation so your body can right. heal while you're healing. But then you also want to be like, cool, let's start to challenge some reintroductions. And I say challenge reintroductions because you might not get them all back immediately. Right. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not failing. You keep going. You keep trying. Yeah. But you have to try. When I see a lack of trying or mm -hmm. go in the other direction where you're like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Uh, yeah. Totally. Because you're just like, I, this sucks. <laughs> I give up. Then what's going to happen? Yeah. It's not going to be. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's very different for everybody. Work on it with someone, but at least decide and create a plan for yourself. Have a food and mood journal. Yeah. Get stuff on your calendar. You want to space out reintroductions like three to four days right. maybe so that you can tune in and listen. Like, did I have a rash? Did my digestion change? Yes. Did my energy change? Whatever. And you want to really tune in and see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how you do and it. And it's also so important to reintroduce one thing at a time because what I saw all the time was I'm going to do a whole 30 and day 31. I'm so over this that I'm, it's always, have you ever noticed? It's always pizza and beer together. Yeah. And ice cream, <laughs> and for, ice dessert. cream for dessert. <laughs> yeah. It's like always like people are just like pizza, beer, ice cream. Like I just have to do it. You totally. Know? So it's like, Hey, what did it? Was it the cheese? Was it the gluten? And dairy, it? gluten, yeah. sugar, like what even, what even was in my pizza? Yeah, exactly. And so totally. it's like, we have no idea. And so the concept is you want the knowledge because knowledge is power. And so if you're doing some kind of elimination, even if it's AIP or paleo or whole 30 or whatever it is, reintroduce things one at a time or you won't know exactly. and you want to know and to your point too we see that so often with whole 30 because everyone knows it's 30 days right exactly so day 31 is like woo, let's party like taking the bra yes. off let's do all the let's things do it. let's do it let's get crazy <laughs> and and that's where that mind shift has to be where it's like well the elimination is 30 right days. and then there's a reintroduction to for think a beyond that exactly yes. and so even aip attempts to explain this, but you know how it is. Like people just focus so much on the do and the don't list. I know. I know. I've been there too. I I'm not even, too. yeah, yes. I'm not even trying to call people no. out, right? Like we've Same. been there. We know Same. it's not great. It's not a great idea. So the do and the don't list is now putting yourself into this restrictive mindset. Right. This mindset of lack yes. and deprivation. Mm -hmm. So of course, when it's day 31 or, you know, whatever, you're just so fed up and tired yep. or vacation or birthday's coming up. You're like, I deserve it. Yes. Like, forget it. I'm just, I, yes, I have <laughs> because, been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone has. So it's like when you are in that deprivation mode, you can only expect it's going to backfire and you're going to feel really deprived. So it's got to be approaching it with a good mindset of, I'm going to give this 30 days of an elimination. And then on day 31, I introduce cheese. Mm -hmm. And then on day 35, I introduce bread, mm -hmm. like whatever it right. is. That's when you now start doing this and you are keeping your journal. And so you remember it's phase one is elimination. Yes. Phase two is reintroduction. Yes. Phase three is I find my happy medium. Yes. Whether it's like your food freedom or your bio right. individuality mm -hmm. where you start to realize, oh, this handful of stuff are triggers, but not all of them. Yes. Right. I got a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. back. Exactly. And that 
AIP, especially people will DM me and they're like, everyone's making it seem like I have to do AIP or I won't heal. Hmm. And that that's the best thing ever. And what I see often in some of these AIP Facebook groups, people popping in like, Hey, I've been on AIP eliminations for a year already. My eyes are bleeding. When I read that, I'm like, Oh no, that's too long. So I do want to say there is a backfiring that happens, not just Mm. mentally. We talked about that, but physically, because like I said, we need to rotate foods so that yes, you don't lose them. Right. Right. If you're eating the same things on AIP, whenever I test someone's AI, like who's been on AIP for a long time, guess what they're sensitive to? Coconuts, plantains, all the things that they Mm. start eating heavily because they can't have nuts and seeds and eggs. Yes. So now they're losing more and more foods. And this is now people start to complain and they're upset, rightfully so, but it's like, you did it too long. That backfired physically now. Wow. The other problem. Okay. Three to four pounds of us. You ready to be grossed out? Yeah is gut bacteria. <gasps> we are hosts. Okay. Like we are hosts. <laughs> I'm going to like need a minute, Allison. Yeah. Three to you. four pounds. It's alien. Yeah. It's gut, <laughs> it's gut bacteria. <laughs> it's alien. So let's not even talk not... about parasites. <laughs> I know. Forget it. So that needs to be fed. Yeah, those bugs need to be fed. And what feeds them? there's so many different strains mm-hmm. of bacteria, so many, we haven't even like discovered them. them all. Yeah, no. exactly. It's like the deep ocean. When you're, <laughs> totally. When you're getting tested, it's like, well, this is a sample. There's like, there's so many, right? So they need to be fed different foods. Mm-hmm. And so when you're eating the same stuff over again, this is another reason why we'll see dysbiosis. There's so many reasons. Dysbiosis means an imbalance in the gut. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons like digestive dysfunction and all these other problems. But the other thing is when you see someone eating the same stuff over and over again, okay, you're feeding the same bacteria over and over again. Now it's overgrowing. Yes. So we need diversity and nutrients. And when you're on an elimination diet too long, nope. You're getting used to the same foods, the same staples, the same recipes. So I just want to encourage people like there's so many reasons beyond just it feels good or it sounds right to do. Mm -hmm to rotate and eat seasonally and do all these things because it's actually super healthy and beneficial for you. Yes. And it's crazy that if we were just like in the Amazon desert being actually paleolithic humans, this is what we'd be doing. We'd only be eating what's available, right? Hunting and gathering. Hunting and gathering. It's just nuts to me that we're coming back to this because this is how we are supposed to work. Okay. So my final question about the gut is I know there's no one magic bullet. I really appreciate your approach, your bio-individual approach, because everyone is different. Every single person is different. Everyone's path to healing their gut will be different. But are there any supplements or any nutrition or anything that you do feel is kind of universal? Is there anything that you're like, well, we're all not getting enough iodine. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, is there Mm -hmm. anything that you kind of just generally suggest for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to digestion, I would say digestive enzymes are pretty life. They're so great, especially with that pregnancy blow. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It, It can just, so many of us are struggling to create enough enzymes and there's two things that Well, there's a lot of things that can help with it, but one thing is eating enough protein. Mm -hmm. So protein helps us to create enzymes that we need to break down food. That's what enzymes do. Another thing is you can take them. You can supplement with them. So taking one with each meal, just see how it does for you. It helps me 
so much. That was one of the and, things and I if introduced. you travel and uh, eat out, Oh, it's, I have to like, it's so funny. I'm yes. like, I travel with chocolate and knives and <laughs> enzymes. <laughs> wait, was oh. I with you? Wait, when did we go to that food expo, expo East? It was, oh, that was East. It was okay. three years ago. Wasn't it? That was, it was a long time ago. Yes. Do you know what? I was pregnant. I didn't know. <gasps> That's when I met. Yeah. I, I like found that out a few weeks after. That makes me so happy. Okay, wait, but how you old is your daughter? We had gluten-free pizza together. Like that was super cute. So That's cute. Yeah. Well, when I went to Expo, I can't remember if it was East or West. I don't know. I just remember I was with a bunch of our people, our influencers and yes. water group. And I, we were all eating something. We were at some sponsored event yes. and we were eating all this food. And before we start, I'm like, guys, I whipped out of my bag. I had this huge yes. like Ziploc bag of digestive enzyme. And I just like threw it in the middle. And everyone's like, oh, and they just like attacked. <laughs> Candy. So oh my gosh. That's oh, everyone so was real. Like, Instagram right there. were like only, of only us. us. Like, <laughs> only us. We're going to yeah, eat pizza. So Let's get That's how digestive. good I feel about it that I just yes, like, throw it out there. It's just like, candy. Confetti. It's candy. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it changed a lot for me. It's super helpful. So that's and a good tip. And the other thing I want to say is minerals. Right. So, oh my gosh, they are so foundational yeah. to our body. This is new to and me. Like minerals for me are something I've learned about in the last year. They're huge. And especially, well, look for everything, but hormone balancing, yes. we see them a lot too. On the Instas, there's some awesome like <laughs> RDs and nutritionists yes. talking about, you know, using minerals in a really amazing way to balance out our hormones. So right. Something that I do, I always have, it makes me have like a little dropper that I'll put in my water or just sea salt, just like some good sea salt. Also that brand Element by Uh Rob Wolf Mm -hmm. is delicious, by the way. I love orange. Oh my God, so good. Just put it in enough water because it is very salty. It is. The first time I did it, I did it in just like little tin (laughs) ounces. And I was like, this, why is everyone talking about this? Why is this This sea water? Yeah. Yeah, I had like watermelon and I was like. It's too much, but yes, yeah, yeah, enough water and you'll be good to go. But yeah, so yeah. good. Awesome. Those are the ones coming to mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. And then otherwise, I think it's just so important. I think the danger of Instagram is people just get on they're like, take all these things, right? But yes. it really needs to be in response to what are you lacking personally, right? And then, and step one is, well, can you eat something that would help with that? Step two is like, okay, let's supplement, right? Awesome. Okay, well, I'm gonna ask you two questions that I ask everyone. So when you're 98 and you're looking back at your life, to you personally, what will a successful life look like for you? It's so deep. (laughs) It is, what does success mean for you? You know, I think it's changing all the time right. as I get older, I now that I've become a mom, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's crazy. I think it's got to be how present I've been mm. and what impression I've left with the people that I love I to love an extent, that. right? Because what else are we here to do? We're here to have an experience to learn. And yeah, that that's what I think. Even throughout this whole pandemic and everything, I got really into stoicism, mm. which talks, I think, a lot of, about this. Ryan Holiday's books. I don't know if you've ever read I them. Haven't. Stillness is to. the key. Mm. I love them. Stillness is the key. Really fun, not too long reads, but they're really great. And yeah, that's what I've been trying to think more and more about is just how present I am and am I learning? Am I like failing and moving on and learning mm-hmm. and, and leaving those impressions with hopefully my daughter and my husband and the people that I love. So I think that's, that's what it is being memorable and having a memorable time. I love that. 
two part. Okay. So second question is what's one way that recently you feel like you have been really intentional in your life and what's an area that you want to be more intentional with? An area that I've been really intentional. I think especially again through the pandemic is my mental health. I think that's Mm. something I've been really focused on. So reading those books, like the stoicism books, and even just focusing on my self-care in a different way, like not so much of like this huge morning routine and all, because now I don't have time for that. Like that is having a toddler is no joke. It's no joke. It is 24 seven. So really figuring out like, what are my non-negotiables that really move the needle? So things like journaling, Mm. yoga, lifting weights, like just things that I feel like, Hey, these things make me feel strong and present in my body so that I can show up for my daughter, Mm -hmm. for my clients, for myself, you know, and my husband, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like what are those pivotal linchpins that I need to be focusing on? And just, I think my mental health and overall health has, has been something I've been very intentional about. So important. And I think what I need to be more intentional about boundaries. Mm, that's a great answer. That's always a struggle. <laughs> right? Or you set them but don't follow through. I find totally. that sometimes I can set boundaries, but then people break them and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. You should come visit then." <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Yo, totally. You don't if you looked at my calendar, you would think, "Oh my god, you've got so many boundaries set. It's like this is my lunch break. This is my this. Mm. Do my self-care now." ignore. It's so not happening. I even, yeah, I even started deleting them. I'm like, I'm not even honoring these commitments to myself. So I have to find a better way to honor. Yes. Oh, this is just now so real. That is so true. I know I do the exact same thing. I'm like workout Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8am skip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm still drinking my coffee. So that won't work. That will not work (laughs) out. Before you know it, you're just working. Yeah. And here we are. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I think that's good. And it's even boundaries. With other people, but also like we're saying with ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like- And tech. Yes. Like scrolling I or, yep. you know, just like, what am I doing with my what life? What am I doing with my life? I know I just read Digital Detox, a book on that concept. And so that's one area that I'm like, I want to get better about not being on my phone 24-7. It's so, yeah. so crazy. Okay, Allison, this is, I have learned so much. I feel like I love the gut and I have learned <laughs> so too. much. And so I'm so thankful that you came on the All of You Whole podcast. If someone wants to work with you, so I'm envisioning someone thinking, wait, all of these symptoms you described are me. My gut's a wreck. I need someone to help. If someone wants to come to you for help, where can they find you? How can they work with you? I would say come to foodbymars.com, DM me on Instagram if you'd like, and get on my email list because that's the best way to keep up with me. I have a one-on-one practice, group coaching, and I also have meal plans. So I have a lot of different ways. Yeah, a lot of different ways to support you depending on the level that you kind of need it at, but never hesitate to just reach out to me and and ask and see what's going on. But that's, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So foodbymars.com, they can find your cookbook. They can find Mm -hmm. all of your offerings, one-on-one group coaching and everything's there. Email list, everything's there. Yeah. Get on my email list. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks, Allison. We look forward to having you again sometime. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I learned so much in that episode. I am so passionate about healing the gut because I healed 
my own. And I am just feeling so much better because of it. If you are having gut issues, I really encourage you to reach out to Allison, find a way to work together and find a way to take that next step to change your life and to feel better in your own body. So I just want to thank Allison for coming on to the show today. I would love for you to share this episode with three of your friends. We are a brand new show and you sharing it with the people you love is what helps us grow. I would also so appreciate a five-star rating and review. You can do that wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for listening today and I will see you next week. Thank you.